Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A little bit, just a little taste of the, of the main story, but just gives you this... These like little side questions and stuff, and it's it's just oh yeah. I'm, I'm I guess I'm realizing I'm, I'm complimenting their storytelling again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. It deserves it. Welcome everybody back to the basement binge. This is another Mando mini episode. These are a ton of fun. So Mandalorian Chapter 10, The Passenger. And I've actually got a passenger with me this time, believe it or not. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Cade. I am back. It's been quite a while. Uh, <laughs> this is exciting. I've been a couple months back. I used to be with Harrison on these podcasts and with circumstances that about you know, life and all that things we had to kind of in a way um, let Harrison take the reins and just ride off with it and it's, he's been doing an awesome job and I actually had some free time and I heard that he's doing these Mandalorian episodes and I just had to hop on because I love this series and I am excited just to be back for this. This is this feels great. It's, it's like it's almost like nostalgic to me because it's I enjoy these podcasts doing all these recordings so this this episode's gonna be a lot of fun especially with this this new series, The Mandalorian, with the second season. Let's do this. I'm so excited for this, Harrison. Me too. This is this is going to be a ton of fun. And thank you for that sweet introduction. It's not really an introduction. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It was just fun to like have you do that because it's been so long since you've been here. Well, actually, it hasn't been that long. But yeah, we're still good friends, obviously, if you can't tell. So it's just adjustment as we're going through life. Anyway, that's boring. Let's talk about something exciting, <laughs> The Mandalorian. So this is Chapter 10, The Passenger. If this is your first Mando, Mando Mini, as I'm calling them, uh, we're going to do a quick spoiler-free take, um, and then we'll jump into our two cents where the spoilers will come along, binge points, and then my the last segment, hop, Hypothesize with Harrison, where we guess what's going to happen next week. So um, I, since Cade is coming back, I'll let him go first with a spoiler wall. Uh, so Cade, feel free to take as long as you want. Just keep it spoiler-free. You know you know how it goes. So. Oh, yeah. 
Perfect. All right. I'll just let's just go ahead to say that this is this is such a pretty show because all the effects and all of like it's just the cinematography is just so fun to watch. So as putting a, the story aside and the writing aside, like it's just fun to watch. And a lot of the times um, in the original Star Wars movies that you you'll, you'll see. Like kind of puppets and stuff in the show, you kind of like tell like, oh, there's kind of like this little clanky movement and things like that. And um, in this in this show, I think they do that as well. But I don't I don't feel it's not as clunky to me. It's it's more authentic um, because they have you know Baby Yoda, this little guy, kind of like he's walking around now. Because in the first season, he was well, if I remember right, he was mostly in that. Just kind of just sitting and just he was just with the Mandalorian. He didn't really walk around or interact and stuff. And this new season, Baby Yoda is he's doing that. He's he's walking around. He's still doing his like you know baby little noises and stuff. He's not necessarily talking, obviously, but he's more interactive. And it's fun to see him like what he does and his all his actions and stuff. Um, but this show is just so fun to watch because it's it's so fresh and. Um, people can argue that the Star Wars movies, at least the latest ones, I have heard a lot of times when people say that it's just, it seems repetitive or it seems just kind of like washed up sometimes, or it seems just, yeah. it's not as good as, you know, the, the original Star Wars movies, but I, I disagree with that, but I, this movie, it brings that fresh view to Star Wars. It's like, just kickstarts it. And I am so, I love this, 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 uh, this show. The Mandalorian because it it is it's a different type of story for Star Wars. Usually it's like it's a lot with Jedi, the Force, and everything. This is just a different side, like a, a bounty hunter, and it's so oh, it's so interesting because like I don't know very much of the side of, of Star Wars. I'm sure that there's other um, shows like the Clone Wars and, and Rebels where they've I've watched um, most of those, and they have this they. Have, some some of those some episodes where they sh- they talk about like bounty hunters and all that stuff. But it's like in the life of a Mandalorian, and it's so cool. It's just so fresh and new that I don't I know much about the Mandalorians. So it's just it's just my excitement is just through the roof for it. But it's such good storytelling. Like ah, oh, I remember when me me and Kelton and you Harrison we when we were doing the podcast we talked about how we're. Our inside joke was the orange orange story. I forgot about that. And we always talked about how like we just were just suckers for a good origin story. So we call it orange story because it's just Calvin's pronounced it. It was so funny. But this this we were so big about that. And this movie just hits that really well. That it's 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 solid quality story all the way through and it just keeps you keeps you going. You want to watch the next one, even though um, you're only you're only giving one episode a week, which is just like killer. Usually, I, I, the whole show is given out, and you have to, to <clears throat> you just binge the whole freaking thing for one night. But you gotta wait, and so this is it's it's fun to have it, this anticipation for this one. This is an awesome movie. I would recommend it for people to watch it. Just uh, is a fresh show, even if you haven't watched the Star Wars series. You don't. There are some things that like. You might miss up, miss out on like some cues or like references, but overall, you could watch this movie without 
well, knowing Star Wars very much and enjoy it. It's just a good, it's just a good show. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. This, it, this was a great episode. Um, I mentioned this last time how I was curious if this season was going to be similar to last season where like it had kind of like an overall journey throughout the whole season, but each episode kind of felt like a little bit of a side quest. And this episode totally is, but it's it's like you were saying, it's like not a repeat of the movies. Like it's not rushing anything. It's not like the fate of the entire universe and these all-powerful Jedi. Like it's just like a Mandalorian just like living in the galaxy. And so it's just fun to experience that because it's like not that this show is necessarily slow paced, but like the story isn't as aggressive in like the scope which is just a ton of fun um and it really is fun baby yoda's fun and like the way they progress it from season one is a ton of fun um baby yoda seriously is the cutest but i i really like this episode like Cade said it looks amazing it was fun it's um has some really awesome action sequences um and it also kind of like blends genres a little bit into horror which i think the mandalorian does so good the way it's been blending genres um, and also it starts to get into like a little bit deeper about the ideas of a character and like motives and influence and like kind of like psychologic, psychological understanding, especially with baby Yoda. And although it's not like, uh, maybe this is a little bit, a little bit too, no, I won't say that it's too spoilery. So yeah, that's, that's the end of the spoiler wall here. If you haven't seen this episode and you don't want anything spoiled, you can pause right here and go watch the episode and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Cause this is going to be a ton of fun with Kate and I you know, being able to talk about the Mandalorian, which obviously both of us love. Um, so yeah, if you have seen the episode already, let's continue on to two cents, um, where I guess we can take it back to two minutes now. Cause there's actually somebody to time. So two cents, this is two minutes of uninterrupted time. It can be filled with spoilers to just talk about your reaction or things you just want to say about the show in general. So, Kate, again, because you're the guest of honor, I'll let you go first. Um, let me get a stopwatch out here for you. So whenever you, I'll start timing whenever you, you're good to go. All right. So this, I was really, so when the, in the first episode of this, of this season, I loved the action, the whole storyline, everything. But it was, such a, it was such a side quest. I was like, I want the Mandalorian, like the main story. I've been waiting for so long for this, for this season. I want it. And it's like, it gave you just small bits and pieces of it where, um, man, I can't, the Mando was looking for another Mandalorian and he runs into the guy and it's like, oh, it's Boba Fett. He's alive. And he takes off his helmet. And it's like, oh, that's not Mandalorian. It's like, get out of here. And like the Mando's like mad too. It's like, give me back the armor. And it's like, yeah, give him his armor. And so, um, I wanted a major story, like a big piece of like the main story for this for this episode because um, we got bits and pieces for it, for it in the first one. Um, it kind of was the same thing, the same feeling, but um, I love this little you know quote unquote side quest and the way you put it, Harrison. That it's um, he was just trying. It's just it can't. In my opinion, I feel like the side quest, like, he has to deliver this passenger with her offspring to a certain planet. It's like a kick in the pants for Mandalorian. Like, this, like, sweet, bad A Mandalorian has to, like, be a taxi guy to, to know more about his, like, his kind and his stuff like that. It's like, ah, oh, dude, like, I feel you, Mando. Like, this sucks, dude. You got to do this stupid taxi thing. You can't, you can't use hyperspace. So like it's just this big threat, and so that, that's what 
it, that's what hooked me for this episode is that he can't use hyperspace. He has to just, I don't know what this, I forgot the term. It was like light space. Do you remember what it was? It was like, like sub light speed. Oh, he like can't. That. Yeah, he has to go sub light speed. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. So that 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 hooked me in and drew me into this episode. It was just like, oh, I, I've not heard of that that term before. So I want to know how it happens and stuff. And then he he gets caught by um oh the X wings. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. And like this whole the whole chase was so cool. It was so impressive. And well, that's two I minutes. Just wanted to but I'll let you finish your thought. No, no, go, go ahead and finish your thought. But I was I was gonna say that creature. Harry Potter and the um, the Chamber of Secrets vibe. Yeah, definitely. that whole weird. I don't know what it is. It's like the weird freaky spider. I was like, oh gosh, I hate that. Yeah, but it's funny. I'm this done. is this episode is directed by Peyton Reed, the same guy who directed the Ant Man movies. That guy just loves his insects, I guess. Oh, I guess he's just like a big, a big nut for it. I guess so. <laughs> Those things are so creepy. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'll get my two minutes going here. So um, let me like brush over my notes here so I can capitalize on these entire two minutes. Um, Okay. So this episode was really interesting because you start to kind of see the influence that Mando has on Baby Yoda. Like at the beginning when he's he's taken by those guys with like the tripwire and his speeder, like you could see that Baby Yoda... I mean, I talked about this last episode where Baby Yoda, although he's young, like he's supposed to be like 50 years old. He has an awareness of what's going on. And he sees his father figure, so to speak, um, trick someone with the jetpack. Like he sees the, the I don't know, like the, the westerny, I don't know, like code of law type of thing. Like Din isn't the greatest role model, and especially for a child. Like it's interesting how he calls him child or he, he calls him kid. He's not his father. He even asked him to help repair his ship. Like he cares for this guy, but he's clearly not his father. And it's interesting to see how man, baby Yoda is like learning some of those tricks um, and how it's kind of affecting him. Like it comes back multiple times to him eating the eggs of the frog lady. Like it was funny the first time, but then he just kept doing it. I was like, this isn't funny anymore. Like that's horrible. Like he knows it's wrong. And, uh, like, even at the end when he knows it's wrong and he, like, sneaks one in after he knows she's not looking. Like, it's interesting to see, like, how he's more aware than we I originally thought and how he's being probably negatively influenced by the Mandalorian, which is interesting to think about. But other than that, just the episode as a whole, we got an awesome space battle that looks amazing. Like, the X-Wings look incredible. The visuals, I love how they're using miniatures and how they get amazing sweeping wide angles that just look great. The way that the space battle was paced was awesome. and also. The free fall when he was in um, hit the ship and starts free falling. The sound of the free falling ship synced perfectly in my head with the frog lady screaming and like trying to like grab onto the side of the spaceship. Is it? I was, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Like I, for like two minutes, I just kept laughing because it was so funny to me. I don't think I've laughed that hard. Um, and yes, her name is actually Frog Lady in the credits, which I think is hilarious. Um, yeah, so that's the end of my two minutes. Um, but yeah, it's just, like I said earlier, it's just fun to see how well-paced it is. And although it's a side quest that like doesn't really like get into like the nitty-gritty of like who is Baby Yoda and, and what's going to happen and like all that stuff is just kind of like a Mandalorian who has to care for this child just kind of like going through the struggle of having to do that and being an Uber driver for this frog lady. 
that he can't sp- talk to, which was just interesting. And like, I also love that they're not rushing in to introduce characters. Like, obviously, I have heard, I knew that Boba Fett was going to be introduced, but they didn't like rush that. They didn't like shoehorn Boba Fett. Like, they had his armor and it was exciting, but it's not like, okay, this isn't the series about Boba Fett. And I also heard that like, a, there might be Ahsoka, a live action version of Ahsoka in this. Obviously, they're not rushing for that. Like, it's, it just gives everything like a chance to breathe so it doesn't just feel like fan service. Like, you said this at the beginning. It's just really, really good storytelling. So that was more than two minutes. I kind of cheated there. I like stopped the timer and then kept talking anyway. <laughs> but uh, let's move on. Let's let's move on to binge points. So these are like Easter eggs, details, things we notice that we want to talk about, or also just like unconsequential things that are a ton of fun. Um, and the first one I want to point out, which I think is awesome. So Dave Filoni, who's the creator of Clone Wars and Rebels, and is also a producer of The Mandalorian, he helped John Favreau create the Mandalorian. He's one of the producers for season one. He was one of the directors on a few of episodes. He's a producer of this episode. Um, he's an X-Wing pilot. His name is Trapper. He's, his name is Trapper Wolf. He was in season one of the Mandalorian, but he's one of those X-Wing pilots. Like the one who does, the one who doesn't do most of the talking, the one who says like, we've got a runner and doesn't talk at the end. Like he's sitting on there with his X-Wing shooting a rifle. Like it, it's just like fun to see somebody who's added so much to star Wars get to be a part of it like he totally deserves a cameo because he's fleshed out so much of the story of star wars and also helped create the mandalorian so it's fun that he's a part of it that's cool i didn't know that yeah nice um a point that i want to mention is uh i'm sure you can like notice during the show and stuff like that is that when 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 they're filming Baby Yoda, they flip from a, a puppet to a, actually CGI, and I love the flip the like they're back and forth and stuff like that to bring kind of like the Star Wars vibe to the whole show, but also like to just be practical and functional. Like when when um, Baby Yoda walks over through the snow, you can see the snow kind of like pushing up against his like cloak or whatever. Because like oh that makes sense because he's so freaking short. But <laughs> but when he starts eating the egg that I could slightly tell like this the mechanics was more smooth mm-hmm. like oh because it's kind of more complicated tasks and stuff like that but just if it, it switches back and forth a couple of times in the like from from a puppet to CGI like I think when he eats the last egg he actually it is CGI I think for that one but it was just the cool flip-flop of that it's just really cool mechanics for that yeah I agree and it's it's blended so well and it's done so well and I appreciate that they um, keep the puppet as much as they do. Like, I feel like that's one thing that um, Dave Filoni and especially John Favreau, like, they love the original trilogy so much. And part of the reason they love it is the production design. Like, the w- level of work they go in and creating these physical, like, puppets and creatures and, like, the production design and the costume design is ridiculous. Like, it really reminds me of the original trilogy with all the technology of the 21st century, like the bug lady that the bug that the lady's playing cards against like that, that was crazy. And the frog lady, like that's somebody in a costume the whole time. Like, and and then they have a puppet for baby Yoda, like, and it, which is interesting. I was reading about this like a few days ago for the first season. Um, they did multiple takes. So they did one take with the puppet. And then they did a, a second take without the puppet so that if they wanted to, they could replace it with CGI. And Carl Weathers, who plays 
Uh, I forget his name. He's a guy at the end of season one who helps out um, Mando and... Yeah, yeah, his name's slipping right now. I don't know why I can't remember it. But anyway, Carl Weathers, the actor for him, he was on set and he's like, you cowards, leave it. <laughs> like, call them cowards for wanting to replace Baby Yoda with CGI. And obviously they kept the puppet and it worked so good. But like, seriously, the production design is so good. The frog lady I already mentioned. But also the X-Wings, when they're up next to him and you can see them on either side of his ship and their wings open, like it looks so good. And I love when they use miniatures when he's flying. Um, and obviously there's some instances of CGI, obviously, but the miniatures look so good and it's blended so well that like those moments of CGI, they pay off because of how much work went into making these great miniatures. Those X-Wings looked so good. And I'm like, this is a TV show on Disney Plus. Like this budget is huge. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It looks so good. I think to like kind of avoid the uncanny valley or like okay that's not real like they've they they did blend that so well and so like i don't see like a, oh that's i can I, I can tell something's off or like it's it's so hard just to to see the quote-unquote flaws of the show because their uncanny valley is either so it's so minor or they just avoided it completely so it's oh, the whole production of it's it's just so cool that's why that's why i'm saying like before my two minutes like this is a very pretty show. It's just enjoyable just to. But I, oh, that was another bitch. I wanted to say. Yeah, I agree with you there. When every single time the episode starts, I'm like, holy moly, this looks so good. And like, I'm reminded, like you would think that I would remember, but that's just like the level of work that's going. Every single time the episode starts, I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. Every time, that's the first note I write down. Every time I'm watching an episode, this looks so good. Because it just, like, it, I don't know, like, it just exceeds my expectations every time. I, I agree with you there. There's a lot of work that just goes into the look of it. Um, and it looks great. So. Yeah, yeah. it's it's epic. Oh, I want to say, oh, what was it? Um, I forgot. We can move on. If I remember, I'll, I'll bring it up again. Okay. Um, the only last one that I have is, I've kind of mentioned this before, but, like, I love how small they're getting with the story. Like, so many of this, like the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga was like the Jedi versus the Sith for the fate of the galaxy. Like that's a very weighty and they, they kept trying to like raise the stakes. And as much as I love the rise of Skywalker, like that's one of the things that's like really where it really falls is like it tries to set the stakes too high. where like almost like it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to say, but I love how simple it is. Like it's just a dude who like, the reason he's getting chased by X-Wings is just because he didn't have the, like, the transmitter properly and he might have been associated with breaking somebody out of prison and then they come up and see him and they're like, oh, like we realize that you're, like you actually helped us by being merciful to this guy and capturing these other people and like, who have a bounty on him and, and then they're like, how about you just fix that thing so we don't have to blow up your ship? Like they're probably just like two guys in the New Republic Way in over their head, doing way too much, and just like being. This is gonna be a weird thing to say, but just like like I was gonna say being human, but that's stupid. <laughs> they're they're just like living like like we are. Like it feels more. I don't know. Normal. We're just going about our job. We're interacting with one another, and like that's an experience that I can relate to. Is interacting with someone where we just happen to exist in this world where there's things going on that are much bigger than us, but we're still a part of it, even though our story's small. And I just, like, it's just so well told. 
that something so small can I can care so deeply about. Like this Mandalorian is not going to save the world. Like he's just helping a little baby Yoda. And like maybe we'll get into this season that it does have like a lot of weight, but like for the most part, he's just being an Uber driver and like transporting some frog lady or stupid eggs. But like I care so much about every single part of it. It's just really really great uh filmmaking. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I've so one thing that I think is really good for storytelling is that you can raise the stakes of a show and like just the threats and like just the kind of like and it's not it's not I'm not mentioning about horror on this but like the fear of like if that's something going wrong um that feeling that whole like mood that you can set in a, in a show I think it needs to be as short as possible because you'll get the rise of Skywalker it's like it goes from like zero to a million miles per hour in the first scene and it's oh like gosh, yeah. yeah. And just goes up, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like this big, it wraps you in really, really quick. Like, Defenders, the Avengers Endgame has that kind of vibe to it where it's just like, boom, like, just kind of like the first scene in, in, in that Avengers Endgame, it, it's, it just sets a tone of like, oh gosh, like, this horrible thing has happened. We need to fix it. But in this show, it's that feeling of like peril or feeling just like intensity. It's, to me, it, had, it didn't happen to for me. I didn't feel that. Until they were running away from the, the spider alien spider horde, and then I was like, "Oh, like this, this guy get to the ship and they'll be fine." And they get in the ship, and the spiders get in the ship. And they're like, "Oh crap, that's bad!" Like I remember yeah. just saying that. I was like, "Oh crap!" And they had to get into the cockpit, and they have to. And he's like barely handling, holding him off, and everything like that. It's like, "Holy frick, this is like a spider zombie horde." Like this is so like that that uh, like maybe. Oh, I don't know how long that was. It was like maybe a minute or thirty seconds with just straight intensity, and it's like kind of like it's just this climax kind of a feeling. Like that was a good amount. It didn't like send yeah. me the edge where like it became dull. Like I was just kind of oversensitive. Oh, what's the word for it? Glazed over. Yeah, I glazed over for it. Sort of like it was. It felt. It, I felt felt in the moment, and then it was, and then the it was resolved. I was like, okay. I kind of like you kind of like can sit back in your chair and you can just back to enjoying the show rather than being like oh freak what's gonna happen you know there's yeah. some shows that are that's the whole movie is like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna happen like avengers infinity war and avengers endgame not saying that they're bad though they did really well but a really really good tip is to make sure that intensity of what you want in your show is simple and limited yeah i agree i i mentioned this in the last episode but um my wife and I, we recently finished watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's it's pretty good. But my complaint about it, and I said, I'm going to like repeat exactly what I said in the last episode. But my complaint is that the entire driving force of the plot in the movie is like contention of individuals who don't get along. And like them having conflict with one another. And like there's never a moment where you're able to like slow down and enjoy the characters like living. Like the only thing driving forth their interaction and driving forth progression of the story is their conflict. And it's like, could you just stop and get along for a few minutes? Like it almost gets like a little bit excessive and like kind of cheap. I still love the series, but that's my complaint about it where I feel like this, it like exactly what you're saying. Like there's those slow moments where like the Mandalorian takes a nap. Like he literally takes a nap and it's, it's interesting how they're able to like really slow it down. And they have those great moments where it's like, oh my gosh, is he going to survive this space battle? Like, so what's going to happen with the X-Wing? 
And then it's like, oh, bummer, he crashed a ship. Like, he's got to fix it. And but So, like, it goes from, like, is he going to survive this X-Wing battle to, like, oh, bummer, now he's got to fix his ship. And, like, we're stuck on this ice plant until he fixes his ship and he's going to take a nap. And then to, like, oh, there's a bunch of, like, spiders. Are they going to escape to, like, oh, they escaped. Okay, they got to, like, fly away and be in the cockpit. I, like, it's just really a good balance of, like, having those moments of dread and intensity last in a way that's, like, suspenseful, but also slowing down to let us, like, just experience the characters for who they are and, like, learn to care about them. Like, I, I, like, I don't think that I would care. Like, okay, let me say this. I think the reason the stakes feel so high is because I care so deeply about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. Like, if Baby Yoda dies, the universe is not going to change. Like, it's not the end of the universe. It's not Darth Sidious coming back to life and being the Sith Lord that takes over the whole galaxy with the final order. Like, supposed to like take defeat like Darth Sidious and all that yeah yeah like it's just but the reason that that spider sequence is so intense is because I care so deeply about even this frog lady like who is she I don't know but like I care about her and it I just think it's I don't know I'm gonna keep saying this over and over again but I'm just continually impressed with a really really good uh, storytelling and I was really worried about season two because season one was so good. How do you live up to that? And now everybody wants more characters. They want Boba Fett. They want Ahsoka. They want more Star Wars tie-ins. Like, they want more fan service. And I was like, it's just going to get crowded. It's going to get too obnoxious. Like, people who don't know how to make good stories are going to become producers, and they're going to force things on it, and it's going to, like, just be bad. And I should have trusted because they clearly know what they're doing because it's so good. And it's just fun. Like, I'm already looking forward to Friday to watch the next episode. Like, Earlier this week, was like Wednesday, and it felt like it was Thursday. I was like, oh, tomorrow's Friday. Like, I, another Mandalorian episode. Like, I've never been, like, an episode-by-episode episode person before in my entire life. And, but now I'm like, I can't wait. And it, it's fun to experience that. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say. I think I'm just repeating everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> that's, that's cool. I just want to say one more thing. So this sort of like this episode-to-episode episode kind of like a feeling of, like, anticipation of what's going to happen and all that stuff. I had that feeling with Stranger Things for every single season, one, two, and three. So Stranger Things, each episode is like 40 minutes long. It's it's a long episode, and the feeling of – so it establishes, okay, this is a crisis, boom, it's episode one. And then it doesn't really – answers very simple questions throughout the whole show that is like all the answers will get – all your questions will get answered to like – the last two episodes you know and that those are my favorite episodes are are those last two for usually for every every season but that's perfect because it's it doesn't like okay where's like doesn't leave you hanging where it's like okay this this sucks and you want to give up on the show or like you already answered it but you got to keep the story going so you're gonna have more explosions stuff like that something like that this show is i as far as storytelling it rivals Stranger Things, and I love Stranger Things. Like I, I've, I've bought a fake v, VGA, uh, VHS. Oh yeah, yeah I, I have that too. Awesome. Awesome. So it's it's super cool. But I, I love those shows. I didn't get any season three, but the um, it can it has major questions. Like the questions that I had going into season two was how does that one dude have Black Saber, like, where the freak did he get that? Because <laughs> it's in um, Comb Wars. Yeah. That, that, and stuff like that. So, um, but I'm also like Baby Yoda, like, what's his origin? Like, 
we're the Mandalorians, and um, like how, how can you find them? And then, and I first starts number season or episode one and two, we get he defeated this like sand dragon and he got away from these spiders trying to look for the Mandalorians. It's like it's a little bit, it's a little taste of the of the main story, but just gives you this these like little side questions and stuff and it's it's just oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i guess i'm realizing I'm, I'm complimenting their storytelling again <laughs> yeah well it's good it deserves it and i agree with you it is very now that you point that out it's very very similar to stranger things you are like the whole season has like an overarching theme but each episode doesn't answer every single question like it's just a little bit further into the story to make the whole season feel like one big thing yeah, you know. and then like once they once they do answer to the big major question, you're like, oh, okay, that's what it is. All right, it's kind of like this kind of uh, sigh of relief, like, oh, like, oh, okay, that that's like I feel good. And so you you, yeah. you you're left with a good taste in your mouth when they, they answer your question in that way. Exactly. Yeah, and like when I was experiencing season one of The Mandalorian for the first time, it was weird because like I was used to the fate of the world, Skywalker saga stories. And it was like, okay, so this is just like a Mandalorian and a like and a baby Yoda. Like it, it was just so much simpler. But then after experiencing the season as a whole, it's like, oh, it makes sense. It's like their journey from point A to point B, and it's not a straight line. Like it's super zigzaggy because he's just like a Mandalorian and a baby Yoda going through the galaxy. And it, it's I had to cleanse myself of like all fate of the universe and like oh they have to yeah. fix this to like Mandalorian with the baby Yoda. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's favorite little green guy. So. Um, let's move on. We're kind of getting into it a little bit right now, but let's move on to the last segment, Hypothesize with Harrison. So this is something new for the Mando Minis where I th- I kind of dive into what I think I hypothesize or what's going to happen in the next episode. Like what is what kind of cliffhangers or what things did this episode set up? And also, what do I want to see? Um, and I mentioned this a little bit. There's something going on with Baby Yoda. First off, why would they bring so much attention? Like, like you brought this up in your spoiler wall, or two cents, I don't remember. And I hadn't thought about it. He's moving around way more than he ever did, ever. Like, he's walking a ton. He's, like, he's clearly growing physically. He's eating all the time. Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't continually bring that back as a cheap gag. Like, clearly, there's some type of meaning there. One, he's probably growing, which is going to affect some things, but also... Like, it's interesting to analyze, like, what the heck's going to go on with, like, his psychological understanding of good and bad when he has the Mandalorian as his guardian, who's, like, the guy kept eating the dang eggs. Like, that's just, it made, like, like, it was funny the first time, but then it, like, kind of made me feel sick. Like, this is horrible. Like, he's eating her offspring. Like, I was frustrated with Baby Yoda, which is horrible because he's so cute. Like, the way he shoves the thing in his mouth is adorable. Like, I totally love him, but it's like, stop it! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it reminds me of Kevin. At first, I was like, "Oh crap, crap, crap! No, no, no! Don't do that!" And he actually ate. I'm like, "Oh no! Like he's in trouble!" Like I first thought, like, "Oh, he's busted! Like this is gonna fall apart." Yeah. Kind of like went a little overboard with my reaction to that. Oh, me oh, too. But it's, baby Yoda is like a baby. He's a kid. Like he's yeah, been. Yeah. He keeps eating these eggs, despite being told, "Like no, you cannot do that." Like, okay, I'll do it in secret then. I'll like pop him in real quick. Like it reminds me of the kid vibe. I over. I think it was last week. Yes, it was last week. I went out to I flew out to Omaha to see my nieces and nephews. Uh, one of the uh, my sister-in-law, Abby, just had her her uh, fourth baby, Bodie, 
and they they blessed it that weekend. And I was around all these kids, and they're, like, they're trying to get away with all these things. Like, like one time, yeah. their their oldest like hid behind the couch was eating candy, even though she was told not to eat it. So it was like seeing Baby Yoda eating all these eggs. It's like stop it. It's like it's like a kid, and he's like yeah. trying, he's like Point. Nando's being a, a parent practically, and like the baby's like sneaking him in because he knows it's bad. You know, he, yeah. But he still does it, and so it was like this is kind of a funny. At the very end, when you see him sneak it in, it's like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like a laugh and roll your eyes, like you dumb yeah. Yoda. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to like what's gonna happen when, like, what is he gonna be? I don't know. It's interesting to see, to see the. the I want to hear him talk somehow. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, like when the Mandalorian tricked the guy with the jetpack at the beginning of the episode. I could see Baby Yoda like watching him and kind of like starting to comprehend and i was like oh no that's not good <laughs> like so it's interesting um but yeah I'm, I'm curious as well i've read i've been reading somewhere that the child's baby yoda's name is going to be revealed this season i it was it wasn't like like uh, it was like someone's posted online like oh i heard that like i heard someone else, i read that someone else heard that so i don't know if that's true um but it was interesting to think about like okay if that is going to happen who knows it? Because clearly, Din doesn't. The Mando, he calls him kid. He's like, "Hey, kid." <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know his name. So, is it gonna be Ahsoka? Is it gonna be somebody else who's knowledgeable? Like, it's just interesting to think about what's gonna happen. Is it gonna be Moff Gideon with the dark saber? Like, when is he coming back? When is Boba Fett, who's at the end of season one, coming back? Like, it's just like, uh, like as much as I love the side quest episode, I'm like, come on, like I want more. But at the same time, I really appreciate the patience they have because it makes everything. Like, it doesn't overcrowd it. It's not too much at once. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to point out is that in, in the first episode, that he saved this this uh, town from this, like, sand dragons like that. And he if he found that problem with the sand, with the town, and he fixed that problem by the end of the episode. The, the, the With this frog lady and her offspring, it's not resolved. They haven't gotten to the, the planet yet. So, because she said, like, we... Like my husband found a planet where it's only inhabitable, like it's the only place that's inhabitable for my for my children and stuff like that. Like, well, that planet couldn't ha- and be able to have and be home to different things like more Yodas. So, or like, oh, true, um, true. Mandalorians, where it's, it was like it's actually 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 the place where they find them because. This problem for episode two, it it did it, it is lasting beyond the end of the episode. So True. it's a bigger problem than the first one. So the frog lady gonna be hanging out maybe <laughs> for another episode after episode three because it's a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. um number one, his ship's messed up. Like oh yeah. <laughs> like I can't it's believe it's like floating how through like sideways. Yeah, it's like wow, literally he was not kidding, like for getting like we're trying to crawl to the next planet or like i don't know it's the checkpoint or something like that but i was like holy crap like yeah <laughs> it reminded like, when it was flying die. it reminded me of a top when it's about to tip over like it's yeah. not like like it's like teetering mm, it didn't he yeah, wasn't in good exactly. shape and he's got this dang frog lady yeah so i think this frog lady has a bigger a much bigger role um yeah. and who 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 he'll run into and when fixing his ship, I think that will be a huge thing. That'll probably just be up for episode three. Is him fixing his ship and possibly yeah. uh, trying to get to the get to the planet? Because he mentioned pirates. 
I keep my my rent pirates or something else like yeah. that. It could get could get ugly. So he mentioned that, and they didn't they didn't run into any pirates. So my thought is that for next seat, for next episode, my hypothesis that they will run into pirates when they fiction the ship, and they will take like Yoda, baby Yoda, or the eggs, and that will be the episode of him getting them back. Yeah, and then be able to go into the. That's that, my hypothesis. That's actually a good hypothesis. I I thought I, yeah I thought it was really weird when they were like going out into space and he was crippling out there. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like. The episode didn't resolve the problem. Like they're obviously honestly worse off than they were when the episode started. Um, and so next episode, are they gonna like let him make it to the planet and just have him fix his ship? And like, is the quest gonna continue from there, or is he gonna be interrupted by pirates? So I don't really know. You're sticking with one. I think that you're right, actually. But I'm also curious what's like just throughout the rest of the season, what's gonna happen with like Baby Yoda and his understanding of right and wrong but also why the heck is he eating so much like is he growing is he going to get bigger um what's going to happen like like what types of changes is going to happen to him he's not going to be a baby forever at least maybe i'm reading into it too much but i don't think that he's going to be in his little egg cradle forever for the rest of the show which is really interesting and i also hope that the frog lady sticks around because just calling her frog lady is hilarious but that's like actually her name the credit is for frog lady which i think is awesome Oh, I seriously was laughing so hard when they were free falling. I even paused it and had my wife come over. It's like, because she doesn't watch with me. It's like, you got to watch this. This is so funny. She's like, this isn't going to be funny. I'm not going to get it because that happens all the time. Like, I'll watch something and laugh. I'm like, you got to see this. She'll come watch it. And she like, she's like, that's yeah, stupid. It doesn't laugh. But it genuinely made her laugh too, which made me laugh even harder. It was, it was so funny. Like, even after that episode ended, I was just sitting there and I thought about them flying and like her scream as she's trying to like grip on and things hilarious i don't know it was a good episode it was it was just lots of fun and it was fun to have you back on the show kate oh yeah this has been so great yeah that was a blast so uh thanks for being here kate thanks everybody for listening to the second episode of the mando mini these are a ton of fun obviously they're going to be coming out every week kate and i are both pumped for what's about to happen who knows if he'll be back but he's always welcome he knows that so uh, it was fun to have him back. It was fun to talk about The Mandalorian. Great episode. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. Peace out, home dogs. Oh, it's been a while since I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can say it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.